What's up? This is Nathan Beatley here with King James Gossip. I'm joined by co-hosts Kyle and Jared Hesketh, two of our contributors over at King James Gospel. This is episode five. We're going to get into a loaded week of Cavalier basketball. A lot of negatives, but a lot that we can draw from it. And we're going to start with our game recaps. Um, We had a 34-point loss to Toronto. That was interesting. Any uh, anything from that? I think we can move on. I don't right. remember. Good point. I don't remember that either. Uh, two point loss to Indiana. I watched most of that game. I got down here that we shot twenty percent from deep, only twenty three percent from Toronto, only twenty five percent from deep against Golden State. You guys have any takeaways from the Indiana game? We were up twenty two. And if I'm correct, Turner didn't play either, right? Turner did not play. So we lost to a Turnerless Pacers. Yes. But to be um, fair, Sabonis has been underrated his whole career. Well, Darren Collison only missed two shots. So. But why did he good. only miss two shots? Did he only know. miss Who, two shots because Darren Collison is the new Chris Paul? Or did he only miss two shots because they were all layups? No, no, no. He. Oh, yeah. You know what? You're right. He only took one. He only took one three. <laughs> Uh, I don't, I mean, yeah, I mean, I thought we were going to win. I got my hopes up. I think the score at one point was 30 to 10, if I'm not wrong. And, uh, we blew it. We had a very, very, very good defensive first quarter. And then we let off the gas and they came back on us. All right, we got to remember that our boys uh, in the second unit didn't play very well. Tristan Thompson, one for four. Kyle Korver, one for six. 0 for five from three. And LeBron, two for nine from three. It's just sometimes you don't get it going. And away at Indiana, it just wasn't a pretty sight. Third quarter hit us hard. We got outscored 32 to 16, third quarter. Second quarter wasn't, I mean, 32 to 24. And then fourth quarter, it was even, but they pulled it out, boys. And then yeah. we had the Warriors. And I don't know the about Warriors you guys. Game. I don't know about you guys, but I, I was confident going into this game. You were about the only fan of all time that was confident with that. I, I was. I was. Um, we were. We did good first quarter, although we. Gave up 35 points, but then again, it's the Warriors. Second quarter, we I think we went into the halftime with a seven-point lead. Uh, I think it was 64 to 57. Yes, I'm pretty and confident you're right. Third quarter, uh, they scored 36. We scored 27. Fourth quarter, they scored 25. We scored 17. I like when I, while I was watching it, I felt like we played as well as we could with the team we have. And as I was watching it, I got the feeling that we we just don't have enough. And I don't know if you guys felt the same. Nathan, you wrote an article that this game, all it did was prove that we need to make a trade, and I completely agree. Um, while I was watching it, I just got the feeling that we just can't compete with them for four straight quarters. 
what did you guys feel like? Um, personally, I'm the more I think about it, the more I kind of go against my article sometimes because I'm not sure we need to make a trade. You know, we hung in there for three quarters, like three full quarters, and Isaiah Thomas was eight for 21. If that man at least shoots instead of one for seven from three, he makes three more threes. Or if Jeff Green doesn't go 0 for 3 from downtown or Jay Crowder shoots better than 1 for 4, I think it was a lot on us. And, I mean, we also couldn't stop Kevin Durant. He had 32, 9 of 16 from the field. Okay, and then this one. He had a free throws. He had a 46, a plus 46 net rating. Yeah. By himself, he was the reason we lost. And I think, uh, I don't really think we have somebody that can guard him. LeBron is as good as he has ever been offensively, but he can't guard him defensively, and Jay Crowder can't. LeBron doesn't guard him. That's what makes me mad. LeBron doesn't want to guard him. Exactly, but I think he has to. But do you you think LeBron can guard him? Do you think LeBron can do a better job on Durant than Crowder could? Yeah, when LeBron locks in, he's one of the best defenders in the league, I believe. Do you still believe that being 33 years old, though? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. I knew yeah. that earlier in the season when they took that 13-game win streak, he was – we even talked about it, I think, probably on our first episode of this whole thing. We talked about how he took every main player down the stretch. Yeah. But you didn't see him take Durant down the stretch. No, I remember I, I was watching the game at the free throw line. The camera cut into LeBron, and he told JR to guard KD, and he had Draymond. And I was I was like – I was asking myself, why? Why would you do that? Why would you put JR, who's, I think he ranks, if I'm not mistaken, 416th out of 400 something players in. 450. Oh, oh, so he got worse. No, no, no. Yeah, he's no, one... out of 450 players. Oh, okay. He's literally okay. one of the worst defenders so, in yeah, the entire so, NBA. So LeBron looked at JR. He said, You got Durant. No, no, you got KD. I got Draymond. And I was, I was like shocked. I was like, Why would you do that? But. My my takeaway from this game, another takeaway is, we stopped attacking the we stopped we stopped attacking the rim in the second half, and I don't know why. We were so we were playing so well attacking the rim, and then in the second half we just launched threes and bad shots. You know, like did you guys see that as well? Did you guys also notice how Kevin Love got nine shots to It's twenty one? Thought I'd throw that out there too. He he was very efficient. Oh, I shots. definitely know. <laughs> you know what? I did not. I didn't realize Kevin Love only took nine shots. He had seventeen points. He was mm-hmm. actually really efficient. You know, and also on the defensive end, in the first half, what did you guys notice we were doing with Steph Curry? We were running him through. We were putting him through every single screen. We were like wearing him out. We were making him guard people we he yet because he had to switch and then that's how we got into foul trouble i think he had three fouls in the first half and then in the second half we went away from it and then that's when they started pulling away um jason lloyd tweeted something he said the Cavs privately believe that if they can make steph curry guard for an entire game they can get him in foul trouble and that's what they did the first half and then they went away from the second half i'm not saying that's why we lost but no, I think I that's the main reason why we lost. We went away from everything that was going so we well did. for us in the first half. If you watch yeah. the first quarter, like specifically the first quarter, everything was ball movement, screens, player movement. 
getting to the getting an open man an open shot and then all of a sudden we decided to go away from it and we do that and every if, single game and if you ask me i thought jay crowder was playing pretty good defense and i don't think he played the fourth quarter i don't i mean here i i actually just had that pulled up i think jay crowder played where he are only you played 21 minutes he only played i don't think he played at all in the fourth quarter he was Not playing a single minute I, I thought he was playing really, really well, and he got 21 minutes. Jeff Green played more than him. They had so Kyle Korver in, who had near 11 fourth-quarter minutes. Okay, I'm fine with Kyle Korver, though. Kyle but the Korver, thing about Korver, when was the last time Kyle Korver lit up the Warriors? He I'm does, not saying – see, this is does. my thing with Kyle Korver against the Warriors. I think he doesn't need to light up the Warriors. I think if we play Korver, he is the best player on the Cavs or I'm not going to say that. He's the best player. He's the best offender on Clay Thompson because they play exactly the same. So Corver knows how to maneuver around those screens. He knows, you know, how to get around them and all that stuff. And he, he plays so much better defense than Jared Smith on Clay Thompson. So with the Warriors, I, I don't think Corver needs to light them up with five threes. You know what I mean? I like him. I like him being that defender on Clay. Because Clay lit us up in the first quarter with JR guarding them. And then when Corver got in, he didn't. I mean, I, he had 17 points in total. I think 12 were in the first quarter. So. Yeah, there's a. You guys got anything else? I know that. I know for a fact there's a lot to be said about that game, but we don't want to spend the entire time on it. We can talk more about it with one of our hot topics. I'm sure we have that. So. All right, so uh, we're going to just go ahead and transition into our hot topics that we do every week. The uh, The number one thing is I think it's been reported from a lot of people that they generally believe the Cavs will make a trade. Whether it be for who, DeAndre Jordan, it's going to happen. So for the Cavs to really bring in a high-level player, we're going to assume that they have to trade the Brooklyn Nets pick. So our first hot topic is going to be who's worth that pick. Is DeAndre Jordan even worth that pick? Does he put them over the hump? Uh, I I don't think there's many players that are worth a Brooklyn Nets pick. Uh, a few come to mind. I would have to say Anthony Davis or Marcus Cousins. Obviously. Uh, yeah, right. Uh yeah. Maybe Paul George, but I'm not even sure about that because of his trade value where it's at right now because of how sporadic the Thunder are playing. Um, so I think the only way we trade that pick is if we get a player like uh, Boogie or AD or even Chris Stapps, but I, they're not going to trade Chris Stapps, obviously. But it's it's one of those players that can that is uh, multi-dimensional in the fact that they can play. D, they can score from perimeter, they can play inside, they can handle, they can facilitate. So someone like like those three I just named, and I guess you could put Blake Griffin in that category, but DeAndre Jordan by himself is not worth that Brooklyn Nets pick. Agreed. Um, I, I would say if we were going to give up the Brooklyn Nets pick for DeAndre Jordan, I would want Lou Williams involved in that trade. I think that would help tremendously. Because Lou Williams is a shooting guard. Obviously, we need a shooting guard. Um, he can create for himself. And he's a very good three-point shooter. 
Um, like you said about Paul George, Kyle, I think the way the Thunder are playing actually helps us. It obviously diminishes his trade value because he's not playing there. Well, that's what I mean. So I don't know if we'll need to trade the Brooklyn Nets pick is what I'm saying. But if they ask, if the Thunder willingly say, we will give you Paul George and, I don't know, Kevin, like, would we have to give up Kevin Love and the Nets pick? I don't know, but if they if they throw in Paul George, I think we have to go for him. Obviously, DeMarcus Cousins, AD, but I don't think they'll be traded. CJ McCollum, Brian Windhorst, he he um, he mentioned that the Cavs. He thinks the Cavs should go to Portland and see what if and see if they would trade McCollum for the Nets pick. I don't see them doing that, but I guess it's worth a shot. And my last person. I think he's on the border of this pick, and you know, I think he's right there, and it's Avery Bradley. I think Avery Bradley would help so You're much. You're tripping, dude. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not kidding. Straight tripping. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding, dude. If we could get, that's why I said he's on the border. He's he's on the line of the Nets pick. If we just he's, if we have to give up the Nets so, pick and they give us something else, and we don't have to give up. Say Kevin Love, then maybe. No, no. You pretty no, much no, want to no. take last year's Celtic team and add LeBron to it. That's basically what LeBron, I was just thinking. LeBron and Kevin, yes, yes. Yeah, LeBron and Kevin Love to last year's starting lineup of the Celtics team. I mean, Are we really thinking that lineup would beat the Warriors? Isaiah you Thomas, know what? That's, Avery Bradley, I like that lineup, though. Really We're not beating the Warriors with Isaiah Thomas on our team. I, I disagree. I'm sorry. You guys got to give him People more time, said, man. No, exactly, man. It's been five games. He just came off seven months without playing a basketball game. The Cavs don't practice, so he's getting his reps in the game. Okay? I now, think he I also kind of needed to take – it's nothing against Thomas, and he may still be getting his legs back under him, but I think for starters he really need needed to take a back seat in that Warriors game because it was his first game of that that rivalry. And I think it was a bit crazy to assume that he can just go out there and launch 21 shots. Yeah, this, nobody's arguing with that. And this kind of goes back to what I was saying about Kevin Love and my article. If you guys haven't read my article, go read it. It's about Kevin Love trades. Not shameless that, plug. I was plug. about to say. It's, it's not the fact that it's like the whole, the whole trading Kevin Love. It's it's the reason why is why I think you guys should read it. And it's going to uh, explain what I'm about to say. Um, I think Kevin Love, if if he's going to be on this Cavs team, needs to be the second option. He needs to have his touches because of how great he's been playing, how well he's been playing, and against the Warriors, he's been playing well, and that's undisputable this year. Okay, so back to the what Nathan said about Isaiah Thomas. Doesn't need to be taking 21 shots, and that's what I was saying. Okay, no, 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 that's, that's not what I'm talking about. He said, Nathan said, we can't beat the Warriors with Isaiah Thomas. Nathan, is that correct? I'm interrogating you right here. I think so, yeah. <laughs> okay, so the main reason is because he can't guard Steph or Clay, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, generally speaking. Okay, but my thing is 95% of the league can't guard Steph or Clay. So why are we putting this this huge you know, burden on Isaiah Thomas? Because he's obviously he's, he's 5'9", he's short. Um. But the man last year averaged 29 a game. I I wasn't 
I wasn't that mad at him during the Warriors game. He didn't shoot very well, but at least he was being aggressive. But back to my trade, I think I think if if Detroit says we will give you Avery Bradley and you throw in J.R. Smith and the Brooklyn Nets pick. There's just something about Avery Bradley that it's just something about the Nets pick that if I were to toss that at anybody, it's a superstar. We're talking cousins. Like, I'm not trading the Nets pick for Bradley. I'm going to find a way to put our pick in there because our pick will only be end up being like 10 or 12 picks lower than the Nets pick anyway. I do understand where Jared's coming from, though, in the, the Nets pick for Bradley, but because in doing so, you'll probably be able to get more than just Bradley. You'll be able to get somebody else. Maybe like a Stanley Johnson. Who right, and, you, and you'll, you'll also be able to keep Kevin Love. So Exactly. I get where and he's coming I, from, and I get where you're coming from. I understand both sides. Like I said, um, about 95% of the league can't guard or slow down Steph Curry or Klay Thompson. Avery Bradley is one of those people that actually can. He is an elite defender, something that J.R. Smith is not. He is shooting. He's shooting 40% from three. He's averaging 15.7 points, um, more than a steal, a little more than one steal per game. I mean, he's an elite defender, and I think our defense has gotten so bad that I think if if they if they if Detroit said we will give you a Bradley, I think we'd be dumb not to try and make a trade for him. I'm not saying it's like being reported that like it's it's a it's a possibility. I'm just saying if it if it comes to fruition why not no i do i do understand that so the Cavs have struggled lately they've lost like eight of their last 10 i believe or eight of their last 11 or something we all know they've struggled and that's why we're talking about trading the brooklyn nets pick because they've sucked but do you guys think that even making any type of trade is just purely out of poor play not necessarily the fact that this is just a bad team. Well, I don't think because, this is a bad team. Think about it. When 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 we were when we won 13 straight, you didn't hear anything about a trade. If we would have lost to Golden State on a buzzer beater, you may not hear anything about a trade. But it's because they've struggled that you hear this. It's be, Do you think that it's only because the struggles. Do you think if the Cavs find a way to rattle off 12 straight that the trade rumors go away? Well, if they rattle off 10, 12 straight, but we still give up 109, 110 points a game, then no. Because our defense is 29th in the league, and I think that's a big reason why there's a lot of trade rumors. And it's not like our offense is playing that well anyway. Since the Warriors since the Warriors game on Christmas Day, I think we've had the twenty second ranked offense. So we have been struggling on both ends of the court. That's that's no secret. Um and we do I think I, I don't think this is a I don't think this is just a cover up the poor play. I think the Cavs, in order to compete against even the Boston Celtics now against the Celtics and the Warriors or the Raptors or the Spurs, I think we have to make a trade. I don't think this team is good enough as is to um, compete for a championship like they have in previous years. I, I, I read the original 
um, hot topic of what Nathan said, and I I think I think it, it is a cop out, man. Like I just I don't think I don't I don't think we need a trade. Uh, I think it I think it'd be beneficial for us to have a, to have a trade because um, it would be able to get rid of some dead weight that we have on the roster if we do it correctly, and we could add potentially another player, hopefully on the defensive end that can help us. Uh, but I don't think that the poor play is solely because of our personnel as much as it is, well, I guess it is partly personnel because of how bad they've been playing defensively. But I think that's part of effort, one. And two, uh, coaching. it's a coaching scheme. Yeah. Well, but I it could... It just doesn't I... seem... Go ahead. Go ahead. No, okay. I was going to say, could I, could I not argue that every trade rumor is a cop out of poor play? Because if J.R. Smith was averaging 12 points per game on 40% shooting from three, I wouldn't want to trade him. And if he was a lockdown defender like he has, or not lockdown, but if he was an above-average defender like he has been in previous years, there would be no reason for us to trade exactly. him. Exactly. So every every trade scenario is your So do team. you think that it's human nature that when things just don't go the way we want, that we just say, instead of trying to internally fixing it, we just say, Eh, we can get rid of the player. We can just go trade exactly. for somebody else. Exactly. Well, well, because it's the exact same with the Paul George. Paul George scenario is when the Thunder were struggling to start the season. They were all over, like everywhere. Everybody wanted Paul George, especially the Cavs. But since the Thunder are now fifth in the West, nobody, nobody expects the Thunder to trade for Paul George. Like when we're talking about Paul George trades, that's just not happening unless they slip to. I mean, they were borderline a nine ten seed then. Right. Well, what, that's that's exactly what I'm saying. Every trade rumor or trade scenario you hear coming out of teams is to fix their poor play. No, like, like back to the Jr. thing or or uh, Jay Crowder. If Crowder was averaging 15 points per game, and I actually on Crowder, I've heard that the Cavs are listening to calls on Crowder and would be willing to. Deal him in the right package. I don't know if you guys heard that. Have you? I have not. No, I haven't heard anything about Jeez. trading for trading Jay Crowder. Like, like I said, okay. trades are meant to improve your team most of the time, whether it's improve for the future or improve now. And we're not playing well. Um, Jr. is not playing well. So LeBron's getting older. LeBron's fine. <laughs> LeBron's fine. But I think, yeah, I think a trade, to answer the question, I think a trade is a cop out of poor play. But I think that's with every, that's with everything and every team and every scenario. I mean, I think in every scenario, I wouldn't say it's a cop out for poor play. I say, I would rather say it's to improve your team, like you were saying. Yeah, that too. But I think, especially, I wanted to bring that up because. I think especially with Isaiah Thomas, like you guys said, not being fully capable, not being fully back yet. I think it's a bit ridiculous to every media outlet basically saying the Cavs need to get a, make a trade. It's, I mean, honestly, if you, you can't give them five games and then just say, oh, they're not playing well. Because it's the same thing when Paul George went with Russell Westbrook. You have to get acclimated to being that second role player. And Isaiah Thomas and Kevin Love both have to get acclimated to 
being able to play alongside LeBron James because I'm sure people get frustrated playing alongside LeBron sometimes. Oh, yeah. I can see it. Yeah, your whole game has to change. Yeah, yeah your whole game is around getting open, picking rolls with him, being the role man for him. It's all about how you can help LeBron be LeBron. Mm-hmm. So it's hard when Isaiah Thomas was give me the ball every time, let me do my thing. And if you saw against the Warriors, I swear to God, he had like five or six jump passes. And I think that's just one thing that he's got to get out of his system, realizing that he has other stars around him, that he doesn't need to force things. Mm-hmm. I totally as, agree. And as, as, be- as much as, as Kyrie made me mad when he used to not pass the ball and stuff, like it's, I didn't think it was possible, but it's worse with IT right now. And Kyrie right eventually now. learned. Yeah, yeah, right now. Right, okay. I'm not saying it's, it's not going to change. But right now, uh, IT just has to learn that, listen, you don't have to do this by yourself anymore. You have players around you, like Kevin Love, LeBron James. You got Kyle Korver, even though he's not playing the best right now. But you, you guys get what I'm saying. Like You have players around you that can help you. And Kyrie eventually learned that, and hopefully IT will as well. He will, yeah. You, yeah. I'm not worried about Isaiah Thomas. I'm worried about our, our wing play and our rim protection. Yeah, I feel that all around. All right, guys, so now we're moving on to our Would You Rather little game segment we got going on here. We're going to say the question of the night is, would you rather lose to Golden State and make a trade or beat Golden State and be less prepared come finals time? Jared, what do you feel about that? Okay, now that I understand the question, obviously I'd rather lose to Golden State like we did because it it showed us that we need to make a trade. Um, beating Golden State, if we would have beat Golden State, and like you were saying previously in this podcast, and if we would have beat Golden State, then a lot of these trade rumors wouldn't be going around, okay? So that that could have its benefits. It could have its consequences, I guess. I guess like you, the, the team could get too big of a head, and, and then the management would, would be blind to what we need to improve on. So I would rather lose to Golden State like we did and make a trade, and then we would be more prepared from final time. Because I think it's, I think it, it is inevitable that we do make a trade. I think Mark Stein reported that, that the Cavs will no doubt make a trade, and I think that that's, that's the right thing to do. Uh, Jared, I do agree with you. Um, I think losing – Helps you see, like you said, the trades that we could possibly make because it's what we need. It's it's what is needed, and uh, by losing, you can see uh, where you need to make the most adjustments. Whereas if you win, you can still see adjust adjustments that you need to that you need to make. But since you win, you can't improve as much. Yeah, you're a little blind to it. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Nathan, um, I feel like either way, you can kind of send. I think. It, this situation is kind of unique because you already knew for a fact that Golden State was better than us. Even if we beat them, you knew it was at home and we'd been struggling, so they played a bit extra hard per se. But you, we all saw the 34-whatever-point loss they took to Toronto. Like that, that can't just go away. You don't just erase that just because you beat Golden State. So, And the trade rumor started before too at the same time so i kind of would rather beat golden state and maybe have preferred to make like a smaller trade because i think nonetheless even if we were to beat golden state we can probably all agree that they still would have made some type of trade 
But I think instead of going out and getting DeAndre Jordan, we could have got Kent Bazemore. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It, the trade may not have been as high profile if we would have beat Golden State because then the management may have thought, oh, well, we just need to kind of improve our team instead of we need to improve our team any way possible. Yeah, if I that, agree. Yeah, if that makes sense. So I kind of would yeah. rather beat them. And just to beat Golden State, silence everybody up for a couple for a couple months. <laughs> it feels feels good. They're fans or something else. <laughs> All right, so we didn't have uh, any mailbag questions this week, but we are going to put in a little extra segment here. We're all going to give our opinion on who we think the uh, the Cavs should trade for. One player, doesn't matter, realistic, not realistic. Personally, I'm going to go first just because I like this. I'm going Kent Bazemore. He's defensive. The Hawks are going for the lottery. They don't need – they have their future with John Collins. Ilyasova is going to be traded. Bazemore is going to be traded. It's it's a matter of time. And I think – I honestly think we can get him for like two second-round picks and Zizek or something. Or so, Shumpert. Yeah. Or yeah. Shumpert who's been out the whole season. So Shumpert, two second-round picks for Bazemore. I honestly think he could start over Smith, and I know you're a fan of that trade, but what were you thinking when it comes to who would you trade for? I would have to agree with you. I think Kent Bazemore would be the absolute— Oh, you were going straight Bazemore, too, so I oh, took yeah. your guy. Well, I'm, I'm stuck on two people. One of them obviously, is Evan Fournier. Brown- yep. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Avery Bradley is my top guy, but more realistic because— there's no question. The Magic are the top sellers in the trade market this off or not this offseason, this this uh, season right now, and the and there's no secret that the Hawks are trying to unload Bazemore. So Bazemore, I think, would be a better fit than Fournier because he's more defense. You know, he's he. Um, I think he leads. He's a top player in steals among the league. I don't know. I think he is up there. And he's a he he's a pretty good three point shooter. So he's a wing, he's a he's a three and D guy that we all hoped Jr. was going to be this year, but he's obviously he's not. And then Fournier, that man can shoot the ball. Oh my gosh, have you guys watched him play this year? Yeah, he's playing amazingly. Uh, yes, and I've seen some he, of his stat lines. It's he phenomenal. can shoot the ball. And I, I have no idea why the Magic oh wanted to trade him. Gosh, I I have no idea either. Could you imagine? Well, the Magic are going downhill. The Magic are in the same boat as everybody else. They're just tanking for the top people. Yeah, so the Magic are undoubtedly trying to unload Evan Fournier. And I think the Cavs should go after him. And I don't think his price would be that high because they've made it public that they want to trade him. Um, I don't know what we'd have to give up. We might have to give up our first-round pick, which I'd be willing to do, and keep the Brooklyn pick. But I think our best options are Fournier and Bazemore. And I'd be perfectly fine with either of them, to be completely honest. I am actually in the same boat as all of you. I was going to say Kent Bazemore, but since we all said Kent Bazemore, I'm going to say Evan Fournier. I know Jared likes him. All right, so in unison, that basically means that we all want Kent Bazemore, correct? Yes, yes. we'd love to have him. Give it a little lefty swing. I was just thinking this. Would you guys want to trade Tristan Thompson just to get his contract off the oh, books this free please, agency? dear God, get so, off of that contract. So you do whatever you can to get DeAndre Jordan just so you can give them Tristan Thompson. 
I just, just so because even if DeAndre Jordan leaves, you got, you're talking 25 million in cap space. You know what now. I'm gonna think is what's gonna happen with the Cavs is we're gonna have to trade Tristan Thompson, but we're gonna have to add that Brooklyn pick just so for people to take him. Completely yep. agree with and you. well, the other thing is when I was listening to Zach Lau's podcast, they were talking about how many people actually have cap space. Mm-hmm. There's only five or six teams that have that 20 million. Yeah, there's not any teams. There's most of the NBA doesn't have. So if the Cavs can shed that twenty million, although they may regain it and be in the luxury cap again, it may be worth their while. You know what I mean? Getting that Brooklyn if, pick, yeah. I think because nobody wants Tristan Thompson's nobody wants Tristan Thompson's contract. It's not that they don't want Thompson. He's there's no way in hell five points and six or seven rebounds is worth sixty million dollars. If we were to okay, so the Clippers want the Nets pick. I don't think that's that's private. That's that's been public. That's been uh, that's been reported. If the Clippers said we'll take, I think that well actually I think they did say this. If if the Clippers said we'll take Thompson, Fry, Nets pick for DeAndre Jordan, what would you say? Oh, I'm for sure saying yeah. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. Because if we could fix if we could fix our rim protecting problem with DeAndre. And then go for someone like Bazemore, whose price is not very high. Maybe Jr. two second rounders or Shump second rounders. I think we'd fix both of our problems right there. I don't think they'd be fixed automatically, but you know they'd have to work their way in. But that would be that that would be my dream scenario, right? Yeah, there. I feel that. That's I mean, there's a lot of different ways the next three months could go, even the next three weeks. Yeah, I I heard. I think the Nets pick right now is that. Seven. If the season were to end right now, it was yeah, it was at seven, yeah. So, and I think it's a couple games from being number three, and then it's a couple games from being number eleven. So it's in the 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 Nets are in a weird spot right now. And it's in the Cavs' best interest to get that pick out. Well, I think the Nets, Brooklyn has a tough schedule coming up ahead. So if they start losing, if they start, you know sliding down i think we have to trade the pick at its peak because with russell coming back they're they're not going to get any worse so i think with this tough stretch that they're going to be on i think once it hits four five if it does i think we unload it and we get someone like deandre jordan yeah for sure that's definitely a way that the next couple weeks could pan out i'm not I know we've already kind of been over this a bit, but I'm not sure DeAndre Jordan's even the answer. I don't know why there's so much push to get DeAndre Jordan when he's gonna have to he's gonna force Love to slide over. He's gonna clog the spacing. I mean, he will help in certain aspects, but I mean, this personally, he's not, already he's not clogged make... with double T back though. With double T back in that second unit, but it's double the T same doesn't problem. play the minutes. He does not play the minutes that DeAndre will. Okay, well, let's think about it this way: if Potentially, I'm not sure how lose mine works because it's it's ah okay never mind. Uh, if DeAndre does take uh Kevin Love's spot and they, he slides has to slide back over to the four, maybe he plays 30 minutes a game again. Maybe we see more of Kevin Love. I think I think we would Kyle. I think because he's playing the center position and because he's getting bullied in the paint constantly, I think that's why he's not playing around. Let me tell you this right now though: somebody's minutes have to take a hit. That basically means Jay Crowder goes from 
starter to absolutely non-existent, right? No, that's why. No, because that's why we're trading double T. We get rid of his. What is Jordan's it? going to get a lot more minutes than double T is right now? Obviously, yeah, but I yeah. like that. That will help with it. And then I, I think Crowder and Green will both take a little bit of a hit. They're both playing over twenty minutes a game. I don't think they would mind. I mean, they might mind, but I don't think it'd be much of a difference to both. You know. Like subtract a little maybe, from maybe maybe Jr's minutes will drop, and yeah, it may, it hopefully may well, Jr's minutes will drop. You no, know, that's actually a really good point. Kyle. Jeff it might Green be in there, minutes. or Jay Crowder in there. Exactly. And, yeah. yeah, we can make Lou, it work. And Lou has you guys lots have of options. Lou does, but he doesn't utilize what he has. He doesn't realize what he has. And my thing is, could you guys imagine the rebounding domination of Kevin Love and DeAndre Jordan? That would be so much fun to watch. Because Kyle, I know you it, love it. It would. I listen. I, I think rebounding is a very underrated stat. Um, so yeah, I think that'd be awesome. That would be insane. It it would be on the par. It wouldn't be right there, but it'd be close to AD and Boogie. It wouldn't be right there, or no, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be exactly right there, but it'd be close. I think it'd be pretty much right there. I think it would be. Because it's, be I mean, def, double T is not helping on rebounds, so. Mm-hmm. So really, who? So we need definitely need to switch it up somehow. Yeah, for sure. That's no question. All right, guys. So I think that's all we got from our uh, our main segments. Now, uh, I'm not gonna brag at all, but I'm pretty confident I'm the leader going into okay. this next week of uh, we talk about Jump this, Street. Everybody's listening. Last episode, go back to the end. If you don't want to watch or listen to the whole thing, that's fine. I don't care. They talked me out of all three losses. (laughs) I had three losses across the board. They were like, no, Lowry's not playing. Do one win. Actually, little did we know Serge Ibaka wasn't playing either. Little would that have really changed our opinion, though. (laughs) Right. All right, so to wrap that up, I am five and six. Jared and Kyle, the brothers, are both standing at four and seven. Damn. So right now, I am the leader. Let's just right throw now. that out there. Right now, right now. All right, this week, before Jared asks me, asks me in one minute, there is no back to backs. Okay, Jared. <laughs> I'm looking at the schedule right now. <laughs> <laughs> we have a home game against Orlando, a home game against OKC, and then an away game. At San Antonio, there's no back-to-backs, just for you, Jared. Oh boy, we got. I think we got two days in between. So, Kyle, you always like to go first. What are you calling? Uh. Orlando home. OKC home. San Antonio away. No back-to-backs. Win-win-loss. 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 Jared, what are you going? Magic, that might be a little bit of a scouting thing for Evan Fournier, just throwing that out there. I'm going to say we win against the Magic. I think the Thunder are going to light us up. I don't have a good feeling about the Thunder. They can't score. They're going to light us up. Kyle, it's not like we can defend. All right, so (laughs) we beat the Magic. We lose to the Thunder. And Kawhi Leonard is out. But I don't think that makes much of a difference. That is Greg Popovich. Exactly. Um, it's so win, win, loss, loss. Oh, man. Dub. I'm going with the dub. I'm confident. Win, loss, win. 
Jeez, I was about to go the exact same as Jared, but I don't like choosing the exact same as Jared. I I was close to going win loss loss. I'm going win. I'm going uh win loss win too. Yeah. I just don't. San Antonio's kind of slipping. They're like third in the West right now. Like that's uncharacteristic of them. But I think it's just because the Rockets and Warriors are just so much better. Well, not so much better. They've been doing much better. Listen, if Isaiah Thomas is struggling like this right now, he's not going to come out of this against the Spurs. All right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. I think that's all we got for this week's episode of King James Gossip. We'll be back again next Wednesday. Keep us in mind. See you.